0: In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen. They have no wine. Some of you probably expect me to talk today about wine, the wine and its mysteries, the wine in the Old Testament, the wine that will rejoice men's hearts, wine in the New Testament, the wine in the history of the church, the wine in its many symbolisms. Indeed, it is interesting, maybe disturbing, or encouraging, incomprehensible, or totally relevant that the very first miracle of our Lord was that of changing the water into a delicious wine at a wedding feast. However, that miracle, that extraordinary transformation is only a little preview of a deeper reality, of a deeper transformation for humankind. In fact, a deeper reality has to be considered while reading this passage from the Gospel of St. John, that is, the sacrament of marriage. So let us consider the first marriage as a natural union, and then marriage as a sacrament. Marriage was not invented by men, but instituted by nature. It is not good for men to be alone. Let us make him a help like unto himself, and they shall be two in one flesh." Natural, which means an institution that is necessary for the good of human nature, and to which, toward which humankind is spontaneously inclined. Marriage is not a mere contract invented by men, a free convention between men and women. But marriage is a natural inclination, a tendency from nature itself, for our good and welfare. This is clear. First of all, because from that union, men and women are aware of the fact that the result of it will consist in a certain perfection, a certain accomplishment of their nature, of their being. Second, because the instinct of conservation, expanding to the level of species, into generation instincts, urges them to unite, to transmit life, to new human individuals, in whom they will prolong and survive in a certain way. Moreover, it is a stable union, and not merely to a brief and occasional encounter that nature inclines men and women. This stability is, in fact, postulated by the good of the spouses themselves, by the completion of their own being, and above all, necessary for the good of the child, whose physical and spiritual development call for the complementary and prolonged action of the father and the mother. And this is the definition given by canon law. The matrimonial covenant by which a man and a woman establish between themselves a partnership of the whole of life, and which is ordered by its nature to the good of the spouses and the procreation and education of offspring has been raised by Christ the Lord to the dignity of the sacrament between the baptized. And we see in this second part of the definition, the institution of the sacrament by Christ himself. Elevated to the level of supernature, to the level of the sacrament, marriage becomes a means of sanctification, a means of salvation, giving grace to both husband and wife. Marriage is, not a sacred u- is now a sacred union with the two essential properties, unity and indissolubility. And the analogy constantly given by Christ, by the church teaching, by the tradition, renders this unity even more obvious. Unity of husband and wife and unity of Christ with his church. It also necessarily follows that just as Christ never separates himself from his church, so in like manner, the wife can never be separated from her husband, insofar as regards the marriage type and vice versa. Marriage was instituted by Christ for mainly two ends, two finalities. The primary end of marriage, according to the Council of Trent, is the procreation, and education of children. And the secondary end is a reciprocal help and a remedy for concupiscence. Procreation and remedy for concupiscence. When sexuality is kept under the law of nature, protected under the law of grace. And when these two laws are no more fellows in the couple, no more guiding the life of the family, then married life becomes a burden, an unbearable burden. The the other becomes a pure object of self-gratification. And Cardinal Ratzinger in 1987 explained, each person deserves unconditional respect and can never be reduced to an object to be used. This starts from conception until death. This is why the conjugal act in which the spouses specifically express their communion of interpersonal love is the only cradle worthy of the new human being. And if today, life of unborn babies seems to be the first target and victim of man and woman self, or more properly, selfish interest, it is because marriage is being mocked, ridiculed, the very foundation, the very structures Are being shattered, undermined. The true battle, then, is the restoration of Catholic marriage. Generation being an essential property of marriage, it then comes as a second, as a normal consequence of it. Therefore, the root of the evil we see rushing against life is first of all marriage itself. Everything, every man should be taken to protect, to foster and to revitalize Catholic marriage. Cancer and the damages caused to the whole body can't be stopped, eradicated, if the root of the cancer is not first being taken care of. And that starts in our own families, in our own entourage. In the patient and perseverance we show in enduring and fighting against any cancerous cell trying to invade and spread into the whole body, the whole family. And finally, to conclude, the great St. Francis of Sales gives us a good summary. Marriage is a great sacrament, both in Jesus Christ and his church, and one to be honored to all, by all, and in all. To all. For even those who do not enter upon it should honor it in all humility, by all. For it is holy alike to poor as to rich, in all. For its origin, its end, its form and matter are holy. It is the nursery of Christianity. Once the earth is peopled with faithful, till the number of the elect in heaven be perfected, so that respect for the marriage tie is exceedingly important to the commonwealth of which it is the source and supply. Above all, I would exhort all married people to seek that mutual love that is commanded to them by the Holy Spirit in the Bible. It is God's invisible hand which binds you in the sacred, sacred bonds of marriage. It is He who gives you one to another. Therefore, Cherish one another with a holy, sacred, heavenly love. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen.